Uh, you're recording? Yep, we're good. Cool. Do you hear me good, right? I can hear you well. Yeah. What is it? It's, uh, <laughs> what does it say? It's, uh, uh Superman does Superman good. Superman does good. You're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so far, not non-native English speakers that are listening to this, um, there's a, uh, there's a saying that, um, that we use in grammar, which is like, oh, yeah, you're, like, if you're doing something, let's say, like, um, hold up. I think your mic is not the mic mic. It is in, it is an OBS. It's not, it's not in, uh, it doesn't say, oh, you're right. It sounds weird on the, on the Google video. There you go. How about now? Yo, okay, there it is. All right. Um, so, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a saying in, um, our grammar in English where if, like, I'm teaching Cody something, like, uh, how to do something audio related to the podcast. And I'd be like, if I said you're doing good, you would say, well, you aren't doing good. You're doing well because Superman does good. And then <laughs> you're doing well. So good being implying that you're like, you're doing good things. Yeah. Like, good is what you do to the world, but you can do well for yourself. Uh, something like that. And then was it yesterday? I woke up to something that wasn't that great. That wasn't good. We, uh, we got a, our first one star Spotify podcast review. And to say my soul was crushed is an understatement. <laughs> I figured you were pretty hurt. I, I really, uh, it's weird. I, like I, I was, but at the same time, we do a lot of like calling people out. And, and I want us, and one of the recent episodes that has performed really well was the one that where we kind of dumped on masterminds and oh, well, well, well. yeah, that, that's doing, it's doing a lot better out of like the last five episodes. Whoa. And and a lot of uh, people in the industry, you know, have an a mastermind or belong to one. And I think when we when we dunk on somebody that has spent a thousand or two thousand dollars or recurring, you know, how or much on a mastermind, I imagine we can hurt some feelings or 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 whatever. The other thing is that you know, competitor podcasts <laughs> that that just don't like us. Um, and I'm probably being very myopic on the people who don't like us because there's probably just some people who listen to this and just say I don't like those guys. But then, like, I'll throw it for it. I don't like myself. And then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all in this together. We don't like us either. So, <laughs> if feeling is mutual, uh, I'm. I feel like I'm being very myopic on that situation, though, because I'm like, well, there's got to be a reason that you don't like us, and it's probably X, Y, Z. But it's really, it's. I don't know. I'm kind of like, if you don't like it, if you don't like the podcast, just don't listen to it. But at the same time, we do ask people for reviews, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's the kind of where I have the problem, which is like, if you're just going to leave a one star, they're not saying anything to us. Then like, how can we make it better? And yeah. And that's, uh, that's tough though. Right. Because so there's, it's nice to be anonymous because then you can, you can be more honest and true about your feelings, but then you can't do that on uh, Spotify because it doesn't give you an option. All you can do is your stars. So if yeah. they're not Apple users, they can't go over there to leave their review. And that's not, so then that's, that's not the user's fault. That's 100% on Spotify. I've already complained to Spotify about not being able to put content in the reviews. Uh -huh. But um, because they asked me, like, how how is it being a creator on Spotify? I'm like, well, honestly, it kind of sucks. <laughs> I guess, yeah. like, it, if if the reviews are any kind of ranking factor as they are on Apple, and you can't even put, like, content in there, then what's the point? Yeah, it's just a pure number system. Yeah. But that, so the other option then is to email us, but that's... We did get right. we did get one we did get one criticism in our, in our emails and that was cool yeah it, it was cool uh, shout out 
I did. I mean, the way he worded it was kind of rude, but um, <laughs> when but Jay takes over, you're like, that was rude. Yeah, as I, it wasn't like it wasn't. Well, it wasn't really constructive. It was just kind of like your cold open suck, and like you are very scammy with your um your or it's like a bait and switch on our episode titles, which it's not. You just keep listening, and you will get to it. But that's why in the recent episodes, I've started putting like uh what minute mark or what second mark our cold open ends and then what the cold open is about so if you want to skip that you can and that was part of the feedback that we got so i was like hey here's what we can do like i don't want to get rid of these because i have gotten feedback that these are kind of fun to listen to and it's just a warm-up to yeah and so we're not going to get rid of them but if you want to skip them that minute mark is there so um that's for you who find these annoying yeah um but if you find these annoying you probably already skipped it if you eat your cereal in the shower to save on time, then you can now skip the cold opens and just maximize every waking second of your life, and you will be the optimate, optimate, optimal human being, the optimal entrepreneur. Yeah, there you go. Um, so th- this was a whole thing just to say, hey, we got a negative. Oh, I only know it was a one star review because you can't actually see the individual reviews because we had um, twenty one reviews and then with twenty two. And then it dropped to a 4.8. And I was like, well, if I averaged these and I pretend it's a one star, it dropped to a four. It was a 4.814 or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so all of this really was just to say, hey, um, leave us a review uh, on Spotify or preferably be Apple uh, because you can actually put content in there and give us feedback. If you want to leave us a three star review and give us, you know, feedback, great. Um, don't shoot us an email, give us real constructive criticism too. That'd be cool. Yeah, don't be a um, dick. You can. I, I don't care. You can be a dick. Yeah. I we're kind of want to be. We're kind of dicky. So I. I feel like we should. You know, what goes around yeah. comes around, right? It can be reciprocated. Yeah. yeah. Mutual dickness. If you want to be a dick, all the dick. I don't know about that. Uh, maybe keep it. Maybe don't. Uh, uh, hey, before we jump into the episode, real quick, look what I'm drinking from. Mm, nice mug. I know. I wish she was brought you. I see what this. I know, because then we could have the same mug. So in uh, one, like episode. 49 um cody bought me a mug that was identical to the one that we had had an argument about in episode 44 (laughs) and and so now i drink out of it on fridays which is when we record well today is monday but um just out of fun i guess here's on so i just wanted to share that with you i'm thinking about you um and another way i'm thinking about you i did get a watch that has japan time on it so now he's got two times. It's got my time and yours. Um, yeah, two time zones, one heart. <laughs> I got one on my wish list too. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm gonna. Yeah. Uh, all right. What are we talking about? Let's let's jump into it. Um. Oh, okay. So this this is actually a topic that uh, I saw in a Facebook group. I can't. Oh, it was marketing agency owners. Someone had asked in a very long format way is it better to have to build a personal brand or to build an agency? So in other words, is it better to, uh, for me, Jake Hunley, is it better to start like a consultancy under Jake Hunley? And then when you work with me, you work with Jake Hunley or start an agency like our agency Evergrow and start it as, or, and, and push it as uh, Evergrow marketing and, and not Jake Hunley. And Jake Hunley is just the kind of the, you know, the owner, I'm just a person in that company. And, um, I don't know, like without reading all of this again, um, he was just having a lot of difficulty deciding on this because 
when you're his, his, his whole theory was like, when you're a personal brand, I think he was extrapolating it to like Gary V because Gary V has a personal brand and he can charge $20,000 or $50,000 a speaking engagement, um, just to show up. And that's pretty cush. Like if you can do that four times a year, that's a nice salary. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas a certain agency, you got to be a little more realistic. And he's also got Vayner Media, right? Yeah. I don't think all of his money is coming straight from, you know, his shit. Oh, we're getting to a point that I'm going to talk about later. Uh, Sorry. Okay. I take it back. You didn't hear that. Wait for it. <laughs> so I, I thought uh, this is a good episode to talk about um, when you're starting. What, what should you do? And if you've already started one and you want to transition to the other one, a, a really good way to do it. Um, so I figured I could just jump in and talk about the personal brand first because this is easier to start because you don't really need to set up any kind of entities or anything. It's just you. Um, and I like the idea of a personal brand from an ego standpoint because it's you and it looks cool. It's, you know, you're, you're, you know, whoever you are and, um, you can do things like high ticket consulting. Like you look at some of the big names on YouTube right now, um, which there's, um, what Alex Hormozzi or, or something. I don't really, I don't follow these guys. I don't really care for them. Um, then you, Mr. Have, Beast, right? Does he, oh uh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Beast. That's a personal brand. Um, well, I was leading more towards like the, um, the agency personal brand. Oh, so like you had like Ty Lopez and then you had like, um, there's a, there's a, a relatively newer one, Iman, Iman okay. Godzi or something like that. I don't know how to say his name. Iman. It was the Dan, Dan Lope. Denlock, yeah, the the Asian guy. He's still doing a thing, probably He's still probably dude's a scam artist. Uh, I don't know. And I just saw some of his stuff on time. I was like, ah, he looks kind of cool. I don't know anything about him, but he did the pictures, right? Yeah, Billy Jean. No, so all these guys' marketing is great. Like their their actual YouTube marketing, but like their courses are absolute garbage. And um, but like these are all personal brands and yeah, they, like you can argue that they have an agency, but they've built a brand off of that personal brand. Um, the other thing that's like really unique about it, and this is kind of a tangent, but they have this personal brand where they sell these courses, but you never learn what their actual agency was where they did this. They had the success. It's all about like, oh, I scaled my agency to this and this and this. Like, well, what was the agency called? Like, where is it? Side so okay. Side ramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> right. Um, the other thing is too, it's easier to get recognized as a personal brand. So um, usually people are more likely to recognize experts versus agencies or experts versus companies because experts, it's really easy to portray yourself as a, a knowledgeable person who who's unbiased. Whereas when you're an agency, it's it's harder or it's easier to for people to see that, well, obviously they're trying to make a profit. And it can be harder to get clients initially if you're not just a personal brand, or you can kind of think of it on the flip side of the coin where it's harder to get clients if you're a personal brand, because if you don't have any experience, well, who the hell are you? Um, but you can kind of hide behind that in an agency. Um, and then the other, the, I think the last pro that I had was high ticket consultants. So when it's just you, the, everybody has the same constraint in the entire world, which is time. And there was a motivational speaker. I can't remember who it was, but he was, he, the, the line was, you have the same 24 hours in a day that Oprah has. 
and or you have the same 24 hours in a day that any celebrity has in the world or any you know elon musk or um, mark zuckerberg like you have the same 24 hours and obviously you have different resources but let's say you booked consultant see consult appointments an hour a day and you charge a thousand dollars uh per hour which is really high you can um if you just work like a normal a normal day what that's like that's eight times one thousand times let's just say you work four days a week uh time or five days a week times five um times four uh wait, yeah four weeks in a month no we're just do 52 that's a year so like your maximum that you can possibly make did i do this right it says two million a thousand dollars could be wait a thousand dollars a thousand an hour yeah you're right okay. eight hours a day but your your maximum income is two million which sounds like a lot that's great but then like you're also working 40 hours a week if you take a vacation you're not making money so it's you can do high ticket consulting um but you are extremely limited to your time because it's you you can't duplicate yourself and when you're first starting out you're not going to be charging a thousand dollars an hour um that's like what gary v is charging you're gonna be charging 100 bucks an hour or maybe even less than that when i first started i was charging 60 dollars an hour um but that is the kind of the con of that um cody give me some of your takes uh man okay um yeah well first i think you can generally put if you want to do it lazily you can put people into one or two categories you you do have the high ticket consultants and then you have the job creators and those are two completely different kinds of entrepreneurs um and i think the high ticket consultant it's not limited to just that i just mean it's more of the subject matter expert slash creator slash artist field um where you have the ability as a solopreneur to monetize yourself um with whatever it is that you do and your specialty is and uh that comes down to really what kind of life that you want, right? Um, if you like, you can go, like, you can go the route of I like feeling important. I like the the attention that that sort of work gives me, and then you'll find it there for sure because it's all you. Um, but also, even if you aren't like that, if, if that's not your personality, but you just don't like the idea of managing a team or having people later on that you are responsible for, then maybe that route is better. And you can keep doing the, I mean, in some ways you are, you're potentially limited to money, but you're really just, I think, limited in the way of what people are willing to pay for you because it's a much simpler formula for a scale. Fill up your time, right? Whatever you're charging at your rate. Once you can't take on more work, you double what you cost. So take whatever your rate is and double it. You'll lose half of your clients. Right, right, right. You lose half of them. And then you replace them. And then once that happens to you again, you rinse and repeat, you know, um, until you get to whatever your, your market equilibrium is of what people are willing to pay for you and what you're able to earn in return. Um, so that's, uh, that's one way to do it. And I think, uh, an important note, it'll go into the second one, but is, you know, the downside to it is that you can't sell your personal brand later on. There's no cashing out. There's no, you know, I want out of this. Give me the big yacht money check. Um, I'm done, so I'm retiring. But, you know, it, compared to running a business or an agency, if you want to change what you're doing, 
you can much more easily do that with a personal brand because you have people that are personally invested in you and your life and who you are as an individual. So if you go on and do the next thing, that's radically different from whatever it is that you were previously doing. Sure. You're going to lose people because they were following you for, you know, not everybody just liked you and as much as it, even if there's a personal brand, not everybody's going to find you personally interesting, but some of them will. And some of them, that's why they listen. And we like to, you know, think, especially with something like this podcast, uh, some of this is personal brand for us, right? Because you, you like, and that's why we do the cold open. So you can learn more about us too. Um, you can change that later on and go on to the next thing without a complete and total loss of everything you've built up along the way. Whereas, I mean, it, it's never a complete and total loss. Even if you do get that cash out, you've built up network connections, you have, you know, other people in the industry, but you might be legally limited too, right? If you, if you do take that cash out from an acquisition or something, they might put some, uh, you know, a box around what you are and aren't able to do in the same industry or relevant ones um through a not cease and desist what is it um no compete that's the word yep jenny's over here whispering it uh so yeah i i mean it's worth a nut too like there are other ways to earn income than just like an hour a day like you can do a speaking engagement that you can charge you know thousands of dollars for just to be there um, that comes at a different level though like when you first start out you're doing that what, what you said you're filling up your schedule and that with individual people and then you're rinsing and repeating until you gain some notoriety to where um, and you have like a publicist or like a like a PR person where they can, um, you know, get you at speaking event events as a subject matter expert. That also requires you to become a subject matter expert. <laughs> yeah, this, this is all with the assumption that you're not 22 years old thinking that you're going to be a business consultant. OK, but I'm sorry, but nobody's going to pay you who you know you hardly shave yet you've got no experience <laughs> I'm and i hardly <laughs> i'm jealous i wish um but yeah i mean you just how can you sell something you don't know how to do yet go get some practical experience go get good go become the subject matter expert so that you are able and and do it long enough to get the major stuff and then once you feel confident enough to take the jump then go do it too it takes simultaneously longer and not as long as you think um you start seeing diminishing returns at a certain point where you're not learning as much as quickly then you just you have to weigh what that point is for you and when you think you're comfortable to start charging for what you know yeah i think i think if, if anything building a personal brand versus an agency the subject matter expertise portion of it should scare you the most because it even scares me and i consider myself a subject matter expert in seo because I'm not the smartest person in SEO. There are still people out there way nerdier than me. And, uh, you know, when I, if I get on stage and talk about it, I, you're increasing your visibility and like, you can't hide behind a computer and check facts before you say things. So, um, there's a really good possibility of kind of, uh, tarnishing your, your personal brand by saying the wrong things or, or, you know, making it obvious that perhaps you're not the subject matter expertise that people think you are or expert that people think you are. And, um, that's a real risk of that too. So just make sure that when you build a personal brand, like you're, you're good at what you do and you're not just like trying to sell clout because if you do, um, your only real direction is creating a course online and then hoping that works out with the oversaturated market. And even when that comes is 
uh, you have to also consider that you know, what type of personality you are. Because if you're an introvert, personal brand is probably not going to be super great for you. Uh, maybe in one-on-ones it will be, but then you're very limited to what you can do or what you'd be willing to do in terms of income. So you have uh, basically affiliate marketing uh, that you can do with your personal brand. And then you also have your kind of one-on-one consulting. Because if you're introverted and you don't want to do speaking engagements or you don't want to do um, like coursework um, that is that sells. And unfortunately, the coursework that sells are like the very personal, relatable people who are like, I don't know, extroverted. <laughs> uh, then you're going to have a harder time. So I don't know. Just think about that. Uh, and starting a personal brand. Um, I had, I had a couple cons with this. Uh, I already talked about them a little bit, but one of them is, is not as scalable as an agency. Um, you could probably earn more money in a personal brand faster than an agency, but I think there's going to be a point where the agency, if you do it right, is going to skyrocket past the personal brand. Um, and then you, if you're willing to stick around long enough, yeah, but the only thing to do is it depends how you feel about delayed gratification. I mean, no matter what you start a business, you're delaying gratification. doesn't matter. It'll be for years even if it is a personal brand, but how long are you willing to wait for the cash out? Mm. Because it will come sooner if it's just you. Um, and yeah, you, it, how, how big are your dreams here? Do you want golf course, like home on the golf course money or you want the yacht money? Because <laughs> the yacht, uh, the yacht money with the personal brand, um, if you do it, let me know. That's really cool. And I'll congratulate you. But I think it's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, I will get to it, but Gary V doesn't have yacht money on a personal brand. It's, um, well, well, we'll talk about that later. Um, the only other thing is, like, you're only as good as your reputation. So if you screw up, your personal brand can be can get ruined. Um, whereas, like, an, if you screw up at an agency, um, there are a lot of ways that you can spin that publicly that kind of shift it. I mean, I guess you can kind of do the same thing with personal brand. But this kind of goes into the the effect of like speaking engagements and things like that. If you're not confident in what you do, it's very easy to tarnish your reputation. Um, you look at people like, uh, I guess it's a bad example. I was gonna say Andrew Tate, like tarnishes reputation, but at the same time, he's got all these like troglodytes following him. So I don't know how that works. Like I don't know. <laughs> I can say here that's gonna be awful at all. Like the second I heard about the guy, I'm like, hmm, don't know if that's great. You know what's crazy is how many people actually like still follow him and defend him. It's ridiculous. Uh, well, I mean, all that's the internet. All news is good news. We're gonna get some hate on that. We'll get a, we'll get a one star review on that one. Yeah, some some guy is gonna be like, listen to, I or one or, or thinks that we're just wrong and things were taken out of context. I feel like if we're gonna call people out, we should just be accepting the one star reviews because it's gonna happen. I don't know, and I I I literally know nothing. So sometimes like, if Jake pokes me, I'll just give an answer just for the sake of doing it too. But also like. I, I'm doing it purely for the entertainment value. So if you want me to just say things so that they're outrageous and funny and interesting, I can do that. But generally speaking, I either I'll say things confidently that I don't know, or I'll say things that I don't know confidently, knowing that I don't know. I'll I like to poke bears. <laughs> I like to poke bears until like they I don't, and then it comes to with my life, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna back off from this for a while. <laughs> All right, okay, let's switch to agencies. So let's talk about like what it's like to start an agency and and why and some of the pros and cons of this. Um, I put 
build an empire and it's scalable. So if, and this all kind of relates to being able to like sit martinis on a beach or pina coladas or whatever you like. I, my favorite thing is to just drink coconuts on a beach. <laughs> you asked Lauren about this and I love my coconuts, um, which is a new thing because I never liked coconut water uh, until we went to Mexico like two years ago. And I was like, I don't care what we do, but while I'm there, I will drink out of a coconut on a beach. And uh, we did. We got one. Um, and it was super delicious because I've had that Vito Coco water that you get at like the gas station or whatever, or like the store that comes in like those paper things, those paper bottles. And uh, I used to think it was disgusting, like absolutely terrible. But then I drink out of a coconut and it's so amazing. So now I have some more. I was like, let's try this again. Is it still disgusting? And my answer is no. Because, so, uh, okay. Um, Wayne, uh, who worked at Mud with us, he always, he always drinks about a cocoa. What's so good? Like, what's it do for you? Um, well, coconuts, I think, are just like a superfood, but you can't eat too much of it. And if you only eat coconut stuff, you can get like diarrhea. But, like, <laughs> but it, like, I guess there's like a, it's like hydrating. I don't know. I honestly don't know. You're asking the wrong. I only ever use, I used to do, um, when I, when I would bulk, I do coconut milk and protein shakes because it's so fatty. Oh, um, yeah, there's a lot. That was not like that. I'd ever do it. But other than that, I didn't know that there was any benefits. I just knew that you could get chunky quick if you drank a lot of it. I had a lot of vitamins and coconut water. Um, I kind of consider it like milk, honestly, because it's, it is it is kind of like a milk. It's just kind of clear. Um, but I realized that when you drink Vito Coco without ever having a coconut on a beach or something, then you 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 ask yourself like, is this really what coconut water tastes like? This is disgusting, um, or it it feels like fake. It doesn't feel. It feels artificial. But it, no, it's straight coconut water. So like, if if you actually drink straight from a coconut, like, yeah, yeah, yep. If you drink from like a like an actual coconut, you're like, oh, this is delicious. But then like, so but mentally, when you drink it from like a paper cup, you're like, this is gross. So. Mm-hmm. You have to have that experience first, and then and then you drink out of you drink the, from the Fido Coco, and you're like, this is actually really good. It tastes just like a coconut. Mm. So more you know, tangent. Anyways, uh, so uh, back to agencies. Um, so Cody and I started building an agency. Well, I started Evergrow um, for the primary purpose of I wanted the ability to sell it. So the number one thing that I didn't do when considering my agency was use my last name in the agency name like hunley consulting or hunley digital marketing uh like the classic old guys yeah those are those are the agencies that you know are the big ones they're like four guys they're all dead it's just their last name it's like hunley brad street mm-hmm. uh give me some smith and Bob. yeah a lot of law firms like this but a lot of law firms yeah, yeah, yeah. change their name once the uh, once their original partners die and the new partners take over, um, which I think is awful for SEO. Uh, but I wanted is you can't like not sell a, 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 a agency or a company with a last name. You absolutely can't. But it's harder when you have a brand that's big like this and it's and it isn't anybody's last name or isn't associated to a specific person then it's way easier to sell. Now, keep in mind, I just wanted the ability to sell it. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm growing it in order to sell it. Um, I wanted to keep my options open. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, too, was 
when I first started Evergrow, I had a lot of experience in SEO and um, some in Google ads and Facebook ads, but I wasn't, I didn't consider myself a subject matter expert. I knew what I was doing enough to, to be effective. So building a personal brand was a dangerous game for me because I didn't want to get myself into a situation where um, suddenly people in the, in the same industry or the same level of, as me were seeking advice. I want to provide my service to people um, who had lower uh, experience and expertise than I did. Um, and so uh, I, that's how Evergrow was formed. But I, I, I imagined myself having this whole thing run on autopilot for me while I spent two weeks um, on a beach or doing whatever I wanted to do. I didn't like the idea of working 40 hours a week anymore, regardless whether it was my own thing or for somebody else. And I didn't see a possibility of that, one, working for someone else, and then two, creating a personal brand. If I created a personal brand, I'm like, I'm going to be working all the time. I Yeah, I can charge a ton and I go to these speaking engagements, but like, it's still work. And I want the ability to be able to grow this, but I also... Um, I'm a very committed person too. So delayed gratification isn't a problem for me at all. I can wait. I can wait a year, two years, three years, four years. We're at five years now. And, um, you know, because I want to be, I don't care. I didn't, I didn't never cared about being rich in my twenties. I want to be rich and like, like stupid rich in my forties. <laughs> I do think though, that uh, there is the path. You do have the option. Uh, even if you are a personal brand, I mean, again, the, the maximum amount of money is different. But if you do just do a lot of work up front and you want to take time off and plan for it, you can do that too, right? If you want to work hard, like really hard for nine months and then just coast for three uh, based on the money that you had saved at that point, you can set up your life uh, to do that and your work schedule. But th that is then on you to do it. Well, it's always on you, no matter what, you your businesses either way. So it is it is possible. We have a we have a client who not a client, more like an industry partner who kind of has a personal brand, uh, but it's it's more of like a podcast and a consultancy for people in our niche. And he was just talking to us about how his schedule is just like totally eaten up. He's he's a part he's a part time or full time I don't know he's a firefighter um, has a has a landscaping business and also has his own podcast and consulting. And I remember telling him when we first started talking to him about his, his consulting business that he needed to charge more for his one-on-one -on -one consulting package and monthly packages. And then, uh, also prioritize getting people on his cheaper package, which is like group sessions, because even though your group session is only $99 a person per month, you can have an unlimited amount of people in those, or in theory, an unlimited amount of people. His business model was very similar to Kevin's that we talked about, you know, previously. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, if people listen to that one, then you know. But yeah. Similar concept. But I think, like, episode 47, I think, um, or something with Kevin Marks Miller. Yeah, but if you have a if you have a business model like that, you can you can have the one where the the price point where you charge a lot for dedicated one on one time, and then charge a lot lower for having multiple people in a group session. But you should prioritize the group session one because you can fill it up with more people and spend less time doing it. Um, ultimately, getting to the point where it kind of outweighs that. Uh, but oh, I don't know how I got here. I was, on a, I was on a train, a thought train, and then I just derailed. I could have, I could have took yeah, fire. <laughs> uh, 
I I think he did. Yeah, but there are but there are some cons of an agency too. Um, there are labor constrictions and good employees. So if you don't want to deal with with labor or don't want to deal with trying to find help or work or contractors or whatever, um, you have to you know maybe a personal brand is better. But the um, uh, the other part of that is just kind of like operational headaches. And people say that there's there's oh there's so much headaches with scaling, but they never really get specific on what those headaches are. And a lot of it ours is labor construction. We when you have an agency, you have um, and let's say you experience a really uh, big growth wave, but you don't have the internal or external resources to execute the amount of work that's coming in. Um, that's a headache because you now have. Coke zero and buckle down, buddy. It's, it's, I mean, it's a good headache to have because you have money coming in, but you also have the potential to damage your business's reputation if you don't handle those onboarding clients well. And uh, we, you have to make the conscious decision of saying, no, we can't take on any more work, just like we did until September. Um, some of the other headaches that we uh, deal with are like, internal uh capacity and limitations not just in terms of time but also in terms of um the number of ad accounts we can have and billing issues that we have in ads we just dealt with one recently where we reached our um google ads account limit at 50 accounts and we were onboarding people that we literally could not create an ad account for because we weren't what was the issue we weren't we weren't spending enough per account yeah, so there is a, what is it? There's a 50 account limit if you have not hit 10K in ad spend in the last year, in a single month. Uh, so we had a very large rush of a lot of high spending accounts. Whereas up until, you know, up until somewhat recently, um, we had a few, like a handful of outliers that spent quite a bit more, but then, you know, our, our base was pretty much like 250 uh, per account because it's a combination thing. We, we tie them together, SEO and ads primarily. Um, so yeah, we hadn't really dealt with that yet. And, uh, I reached out early to Google ads and yeah, no exceptions, of course. So then we were just hanging on and holding holding out until yeah it was it let us i mean it was close it was close like we we i think we had like 50 accounts and 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 we had like one or two accounts that had to be onboarded pushing us to 52 and we were oh and then our other previous month too was also like what was it it was like 9k or something like yeah yeah it was very close to so yeah so like it if but if we like made it like two weeks, it was like the fifteenth of the month, and we made it to the thirtieth, and made it to the first, we were gonna be over ten k. Um, oh, it was per month, fifty accounts and ten k per month. Um, and like we were gonna be over ten k. Um, so we the only way we could onboard, you know, get to that unlimited amount of accounts was by waiting, just waiting until the first, which means we couldn't onboard the two remaining accounts. Uh, fortunately I was like, uh, we did get to a point where, uh, it was like three days until the new month and we were ready to go, but we were like, uh, yeah, don't worry. We're so late to the end of the month. We'll just start the next month. And which was fortunate for us because like, that's what, that's the only option we had internally. And, 
Um, yeah. yeah. And now we're dealing with a whole billing changeover. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I tell people straight up all the time and I'm not joking. And the way I say it, people think that I'm joking and they're like, hey, that's so funny because you, you know, like you're on the business and that's a funny thing to say, but I'm, I'm really not kidding when I'm like, I've only just gradually inched up into these things because I've disliked the alternative more. So I'm, I'm willing to continue taking on more and more of this stuff. Like from the very start, um, when I partnered up with Jake, you know, I, I said, let's get you to 10 K and then let's reevaluate. Cause I'm not sure if I want to keep doing this. And there's a lot of stuff that I hit in the business where I I'm just constantly pushing my max being like, I'm at the maximum of what I, I care to do. And then I see the next step of how much more work is required. And that, that is a, that is specific to growing an agency with multiple people and that sort of thing, as opposed to a personal brand. And then, you know, you stop and you think, okay, at what rate, at what pace is this still worth it? How much should I be killing myself, breaking my back, you know, uh, not taking care of my health. And you just have to find the, obviously go hard, go as hard as you can. And, but simultaneously take care of yourself because, you know, your, your health is important and yeah, you only get one shot at that. So I do, I, but I feel like I'm constantly like pushing my personal max. And so whenever people are like, yeah, it must be nice. I'm like, you want to do it? You just want to swap quick? You go for it. It's all you. Like, nice. Yeah. I, I think the worst, the worst times, like the biggest headaches of, um, the business are the deadlines. So we built a business where we have basically month long sprints for SEO and Google ads, which means like clients really can't have any expectations for us that are less than a month. And um, that's part of the productized service that we built, but there are other deadlines that like have to happen. So when you have month long sprints, your deadlines have to happen. Um, on the third reports have to go out. Fortunately, we can automate that. Um, on the 15th subscription invoices for, um, um, ads and, uh, services have to go out on the 15th for the following month. And they can, there are situations where like one or two or might be delayed, but that's okay. But like, if things don't fire, like that's an issue. Um, everything, uh, the SEO updates for that month have to be done by the 30th or the 31st. And, if, if if it isn't, it's a problem. Um, so there are headaches like that, especially when you have 50 plus clients and no like dedicated internal admin to kind of monitor this when it's just kind of myself and Cody making sure that, uh, all, all the work is getting done. But, yeah. um, those are just kind of like operational headaches. I, I wanted to call a couple of them out because people always say, you know, Hey, you know, if you don't want to deal with the business or the headaches of the business, why don't you work for me or something like that? Which is like, this is a headache of the business. And I feel like you're okay working with that. I just wanted to call it out because nobody else seems to be specific about it. Um, yeah. And I just think most people, I don't know. I, especially if they're completely solo and they don't have a partner, uh, they probably signed up for that. So they're okay with it. So they're not going to be the type to complain about it. Whereas I've said before, I'm like, ah, I wouldn't do this without Jake. So I'm, I'm very easily, I, I'll just say it. We've said it before though. I think it's cool. I think it's cool when we start dealing with like health insurance and we start dealing with, uh, you know, different accounting things and taxes and, and things like that. It's, 
because it's something that the majority of the population doesn't deal with. And then when you mm. have the uh, capability to talk about it in an educated way, I just, I think that's that's cool in itself. Well, it's very cool and it is very fun, uh, but it's only fun because I got you. Like it would not be. <laughs> Bro, you, you being cute, you being cute today. <laughs> yeah, if, if I was up until three a.m., you know, reading, uh, uh, you know, this book here, my, Gaigokujin no Tame no Kigyo, Kigyo Setsuritsu Manual, which is what did what did you call me? It's uh, uh, I don't know how to translate this because like Japanese is effectively backwards to English. So it's like uh, how to establish the manual for establishing businesses in Japan for foreigners. Uh, like it's fun staying up late and, you know, you like shooting me messages about stuff that I read, but it wouldn't be fun. Uh, if I'm just reading that totally by my lonesome, uh, cause that's not a very exciting book to read. But you're watching a lot of naked and afraid lately, like binging that show. So if you're not, not familiar with it, it's just like two people get dropped up in the wilderness and they're naked and they all need to get to bring one tool each. Um, there's been a lot of episodes where, where one person taps out and then they just leave the other person there for like two weeks. So it, yeah, so they, they gotta be, they gotta be, they gotta be in there for 21 days. And they only get diary cameras and then like a crew, like a very small crew of like three people follows them around. Um, but they're not allowed to engage with them. And then at night the crew goes away. Um, so it's just them and a ton of people tap out and can't do it. And then a ton of, there's a lot of episodes where like one person taps out and leaves and and it's, I've noticed that it's phenomenally easier when you have both people, even if both people, both people hate each other. Because it's like just someone there to share the awful experience with. <laughs> but when it's just you, it starts to like eat at them. And they're like, I can't do this. And it lasts like two more days. Unless you get to season five. And in season five, there's been some wild people that have like their partners tapped out at like three at day three and four. And then they, within the next 17 to 18 days, just buys and bells. Yeah. yeah. And, they, and they both made it. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Would you want to do something like that? Laura and, I, <laughs> Laura and I talk about this all the time. Like, I don't think I could. I don't think I could make it. I think I would I would want to. I think it'd be fun. But because I have such debilitating migraines, I think on day two I'd have a migraine. I'd be like, I want out. Um and then um Lauren has never like actually camped. So I, the fact that you have to lay naked in on the ground, um, I think <laughs> I don't think she would do it too well. Um but there are uh it's it's one man and one woman too so that makes it extra awkward um when they do it yeah but i, I naked part if, if i could get my migraines under control i would love to try it but i would also want to go through like some training too on like how to build shelter and how to make traps and things like that because yeah. um you can't just swing a machete at things and expect to find food there are people who do that show and they go all 21 days without eating anything more than a snail. It's, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great way to lose weight. Because at the very end of it, they show you like how how much they weighed when they started. And like when, when they got done, how much they lost. And in one episode, one dude lost 35 pounds. Jeez. That's insane. And he wasn't like like fat. And he was kind of like average build. Average average US build. <laughs> and, uh, okay. So probably like two. Like, fat. Uh, it was probably like 230. 
I would say. And then like 230, like 510 maybe. And yeah, he dropped mm-hmm. down 35 pounds. A lot of the women who go on that show are like 160 and they lose like 25 pounds. It's crazy. Jeez. Like the ultimate diet. Um, ask me, ask me if I'd do it. Cody, would you do it? Good question, Jake. Thank you for asking. No, I would not do it. <laughs> I, I think, I think I, I would, I would try. They, we just, just watch a fan episode where they only had to make two, two weeks and they had no experience whatsoever. Like they got like a day of learning how to use a bow drill and create a bird trap. And that was it. And, uh, I have, I have very, I have a very hot take on camping that Jenny thinks is hilarious. Um, I think camping is what first world countries do for fun as third world countries just live it as their normal life. So when, when you ask somebody, you know, in, in a first world country, like, Oh, what do you do for fun? You know? And if it were theoretically someone in the third world, like, ah, what do you do? And we're like, Oh, we live like you. Well, we just, we go out to the boonies, we kick it all rough. What's funny is like, I can't like, argue that in a sophisticated way. All I can say is that I enjoy camping because I get to be out in nature for extended periods of time. And it, and it is a different perspective on um, just kind of your surroundings, especially at night. It's just fun. It's fun to sit on a campfire, grill hot dogs, and... and oh, yeah, yeah. This is kind of fun. Yeah, just want to go back to my bed afterwards. Yeah, like, I want to eat a s'more and then say that was cool, and then put my head on pillow. It's kind of sometimes it's kind of rewarding. Um, but I think you have you're on to something there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. Something at some point I just decided that I don't really camp anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm going back. It's nice. I like being on a comfy bed when I go to sleep. Um, I feel like. I don't know. Feel like I've gotten to this point where I'm like, meh, I've earned this. I don't want to go back to any of that. <laughs> Not that it was ever that rough, but yeah. Uh, no, I I enjoy camping. I wonder, um, I wonder what other people who listen to this if they enjoy camping because we're a very digital, uh, digital focused niche. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of people like their computers more than like to camp. But well, maybe- I like the things I like the things that you do while camping that aren't camping. Like campfires are great. That's a ton of fun. Even yeah. like outside games, like bags and that sort of stuff, totally cool. Canoeing, s'mores, kayaking. awesome. Hiking, yeah, hiking is cool. I said canoeing and kayaking, but hiking oh. also, yes. Oh, I heard. I, heard I went skydiving last time. I went camping, like legit camping. What? How does that even? It was on a big. Is that a big like camp resort? And then like in the morning, we woke up and then we drove to the skydiving area. Well, okay. Uh, Cool. Oh, um, Lauren's sister, actually, she, like, spends, like, every year or so, she spends, like, a week in the Everglades, just, like, roughing it. What? <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, I was like, what? Why? Why? She's a psychologist. She's a psychologist, too. And so, like, she... But her reasoning is that she wants to be able to live, you know, I guess, humble herself every year. That's my words. That's not her words. That's That's how I'm taking that, but... Uh, if you're not familiar with the Everglades in the U.S., it is basically like the one uninhabitable area that, besides the desert in Arizona, where like you will get eaten by uh, by what alligators, crocodiles, snakes. Big snakes. I got the snake problem. That's what freaks me out when I see all the snakes. Yeah, you stuff. I don't even think that much about the ever the Everglades is the the Amazon of the U.S. Mm. Yeah, they're huge. 
Yeah. That's a no for me, dog. All right. Well, let's talk about why some other cons about uh, starting up an agency. Uh, good transition there. Yep. Um, I was going to jump into and say, like, there's more legal hoops. Um, you, you got a lot of other things that you can't necessarily do or a lot of things that are, are relevant to agencies, but not personal brand. So we can't legally with air quotes, give our employees profit share because they don't legally own a percentage of the business. And that's something that that's a legal hoop that you have to kind of pay attention to. Um, in addition, that's like, like paying or referring to Lisette as an employee, we can't legally do that because she, we don't have an employer record in Columbia um, and therefore don't have a business entity in Columbia. So, and there's, so there's also things that like we can't legally expect from her at the same way, you know, mm-hmm. or at the same time too. It's yeah. Those are things you got to figure out. Uh, uh, yeah. So, do this. so shout out to on top who, kind of essentially can employ her but she chooses to remain contracted from on top and then we uh, use on top we pay on top as kind of like that medium Uh, and uh, it's just basically an expense to us rather than a payroll expense and what it comes out to is it's it's roughly the same in terms of paying someone locally with like payroll tax and, and things like that versus like on top's fee so it's almost the same, and um, it makes it super easy. They, de- they deposit U.S. dollars in her bank account, which goes way further in Colombia than Colombian pesos, um, which is why she wants to remain a contractor, because if she were to get hired, she'd get paid in Colombian pesos. Um, so different legality, legality things you got to pay attention to when you're a solo person that's just a personal brand. You don't really have to pay attention to that. I mean, you still have to get your LLC set up so you can set up a barrier to protect yourself, but... Um, that's uh you know there's just more to deal with in an agency um also owning an agency it isn't as cool to the people you grew up with in high school <laughs> but you could if you could build like a personal brand that's like recognizable that's so awesome you go back to your like 20 year reunion and be like i'm a big deal <laughs> but when you own an agency all it is is just like a shell that like covers you and and no one knows how much money you make or how big of a deal you are unless you brag about it yeah, which I like, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you get big enough, you, I mean, you can if your agency gets big enough. But yeah, uh, I mean, I we, but the whole purpose of this, I know we're, we're getting still getting a long episode. Um, the whole purpose of this was that you don't have to necessarily choose one or the other. You can if you want to, or you can have both. Which was what my advice ended up being to this guy. As like, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to just start an agency and run with that. You don't have to just start a personal brand and run with that. You can have both. And this is what I was talking to you at the beginning about the beginning of the episode with Gary V. Is he has both. He has Gary V. As everybody knows him, and he has Vayner Media, which is huge. And like their minimum cost to um, like monthly cost is like twenty to forty thousand or something like that per month. I think it's like forty thousand. So they're only bringing on like enterprise level clients. Um. But uh, like myself, for instance, myself and Cody, we have our agency, Evergrow Marketing, and then we also kind of have our personal brand, which is this podcast as well. But even before Evergrow started, you already had your own personal brand. At, yeah. And and you still do. And Cody and I both have our own sites. He is CodyC.com. I have JakeHunley.com. Yeah. I keep a, a second legal shell 
too, but it's just a, a catch-all for anything else that I might care to do, but want to run through a different legal entity that way. That's it, it is, especially in the U S it's just safer. Yeah. It's, and same thing with me with, um, some of those consultancy stuff I'm doing off on the side, I have my own separate, um, I, I mean, I'm not even an LLC, I'm just a sole proprietor, so I don't even have that barrier. Um, and, but it's just Jake Hundley. So when I consult with this French company, it's very, uh, I just invoice them through my Jake Hundley Stripe account and not the Evergrowth Stripe account. And it's all separated. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I eventually Cody and I are going to take this further. Um, we're going to have, you know, we plan to get on YouTube. We've already got a plan for that, uh, to get this podcast transitioned over. Um, maybe create a course. It's, uh, I don't know. It's out in the future and we already, you already know our philosophy on course creation. Um, so if we do make anything, it would be affordable and actually valuable. Uh, we just have to, we don't have any other logistics with that yet, but yeah. Um, more so me than anything, because, uh, even this October, I'm going to speak at a landscaping, uh, convention or landscaping conference. Um, Cody would, but you're not going to be there. And so I cannot, I fought for it too, even, but, uh, so it'll, it'll be my first actual speaking engagement. That's kind of big. Yeah. yeah. And not one I paid to be there <laughs> when I was invited, but yeah, cool. Cool. That's all I had. I hope this episode was helpful. I know we've had a couple of them in the past and, and like the recent ones that I didn't feel like were as helpful. There are more of just kind of us explaining some things. And just talking about things, but I I want um, this these next few to be to be very very helpful, and and you be able to walk away with with copious amounts of information. Mm-hmm. More targeted, more focused. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. See you.